we have a we have a great start this this morning uh, to to discussing that over the next three Sundays. What is the mission here at Horizon? And and I just want you to know, and many of you probably already have this down to memory, right? What is what is our what is our mission at Horizon? Encouraging people to follow Jesus with their whole heart. Would would you be willing to say that with me? Read along. Let's let's read that together. That's our mission: encouraging people. Follow Jesus with their whole heart. Very good. You done well. You done well. You, you get the you get a star on your paper today. All right. Uh, today our focus is that first piece: encouraging people. What does that mean? What does it mean to encourage people? The the word encourage is simply means to make someone more determined, hopeful, or confident to make someone more likely to do something or to tell or advise someone to do something. We, it's putting courage in to people, right, to keep going, putting courage in to people. So I, 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 I want to ask you this question. Who comes to mind when you think of someone who has been an encourager in your life? Who do you think of? That's, that has marked your life as an encourager. All right? Now, follow up with that. Thinking of that person that you have in, in mind, what was it about them? What behavior, what things did they do that made them distinctive in your life as an encourager? What was it about them? What did they do? What did they, how did they act? Right? I asked this question to our staff this week, our pastoral staff, and these are a couple of comments that came back. One is they were true believers. They really believed in me, and they let it be known that way. Another said that no strings attached, that their focus was on, was on me without question, without any other agenda, just to be there to encourage me. And then another said it, it was intuitive. Their encouragement was intuitive. It, they always seemed to know when to say something at just the right time. They knew how to read me and give me what I needed. So today we want to talk about what, is it, what does being an encourager look like? And, and honestly, encouragers are wanted. The world already has enough critics, right? We, we've got enough of those. And I I want to add here, it's important to note that encouragement is a spiritual gift. It's mentioned in Romans, and, and, it, is, and it is also a practice of all, that all believers should exercise. So while encouragement is a gift, like evangelism, it's a gift. Some people are just really, really good at it. You know who's good at it? Pastor Stan, our senior pastor. He is really good at, at an encourager. That's one of his spiritual gifts, I believe it. Now, the, the, the thing is also, like evangelism, it's also something that we all should be practicing. So the, the truth of the matter is, is that we may not all be super relational, but we all have relationships. Therefore, we should be encouragers. You and I can become better encouragers. Here at Horizon, we're looking for hundreds of people to be encouragers, people who speak courage into one another. That's why we gather together 
even here today. When I look in the Bible, because that's a good place to start, right? When we look at Scripture and, and we want to find an encourager, who's a, who's a good example of being an encourager? Of course, we think of Jesus first and foremost, right? But beyond Christ, there's a guy in the Bible that we don't talk much about, and his name is Barnabas. Barnabas is a standout encourager, and, uh, and we're going to look at his life today. Barnabas first shows up in Acts chapter 4. This is where they're talking about the end of the chapter 4. They're talking about how the, that early church in Jerusalem was, was just so loving and caring for one another that, that people were giving. And the standout person to, that was a giver that gets mentioned in Scripture is this guy by the name of Barnabas. And it says in Acts chapter 4, Barnabas meant son of encouragement. That's a pretty good place to start, right? So Barnabas, the encourager, was this incredible giver. But we're going we're gonna to take as our passage and, and look at Barnabas in action, Barnabas' life in action in Acts chapter 11. It gives us a glimpse into this man who was an example given to us by the Holy Spirit of what it means to be an encourager. Now those, and so let's, let's read this passage in Acts 11. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. That was the practice. The gospel hadn't yet been expanded to the Gentiles, though Peter, right in the midst of this, Peter had already had this revelation and this encounter with Gentiles and seeing the Holy Spirit poured out, right? But uh, some of them, however, it says, men of Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at, Antioch, at Jerusalem, and so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of God's grace, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Now perhaps one word which best describes Barnabas is the word generous. And we saw that in in, uh, Acts chapter 4. Now, before you reach for your wallet to cover it up or, you know, get too nervous, this is not a sermon about giving money, right? This is a sermon about being generous. This is a message about the generosity that comes out, that flows out of Barnabas' heart as an encourager. So, let's jump into this, but first let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we need you this morning 
by your Holy Spirit to comfort and encourage your people. Do a work inside us, Lord, so that you might do something through us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take a look at this and look at it bit by bit. First of all, it says, News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Why send Barnabas? What, what is it? Why, what, what's going on here? Now, understand, this is a huge deal. That, uh, that The first time that they're hearing of an outbreak of revival, that, that the gospel message isn't going just to Jews, but it's going to Gentiles. And the, the church insiders, the disciples in Jerusalem, because they've already heard the testimony of what had happened with Peter, they don't react emotionally to it, but they say, hey, let's do something. Let's send Barnabas. Now, why Barnabas? As a Greek-speaking Jewish Christian and native of Cyprus, that's what we learn about Barnabas in Acts 4, that he was from Cyprus. So here Barnabas is this guy, he's the perfect person to promote and the development of the church in Antioch. He's, he's, not, he's not a Jerusalem insider, so to speak, although he was, he was there and present at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he was there present when, uh, when the church was in Jerusalem was getting established. And so they say, let's send him. He is the perfect bridge person with his feet in two different cultures, both in the Jewish culture and the Gentile culture. He gets it. So they send him. He is... Uh, and he doesn't go to exert authority, but to help believers grow in the faith. And the other thing interesting about Barnabas and why send Barnabas, because he was there. He was there and he was available. But he's the perfect guy they send. Now understand what a big deal this is about the city. Where is he going? He's going to Antioch. Antioch was an ancient Greek city founded in the 4th century and located near the modern city of today of Antakya in Turkey. Okay, this is no small distance. In fact, if you measure it from Jerusalem to Antioch, is an estimated 494 miles. So in Barnabas' day... That would mean a journey of approximately 18 days to get to Antioch. I got to tell you, that is quite a commitment, isn't it? And a labor of love. He was available and willing to go. No small investment of time and energy. And he was willing to go because he understood to encourage people to encourage people, you have to be present. There's something about that proximity to people that brings encouragement. We see later that he went another 90 miles 
to look for, look for this guy named Saul of Tarsus. The, the city of Tarsus was 90 miles removed from Antioch. So we understand this, that if you want to be an encourager, first of all, be generous with your time. Be generous with your time, your resources, your life. Because it's in that presence, it's in that willingness to put yourself out there and to spend that time is that people are truly encouraged. He made the journey. He made the effort to be present. And might I say that when God wanted to encourage people, wanted to encounter people, wanted to establish a relationship What did he do? At just the right time, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became present in our world in a physical way. Because that's that's what it means to connect. Making an investment of our time, your life, and other people is what encouragers do. What an impact people make when they are present and available for another person. Isn't that true? I mean, you think about, think about moms and dads, right? We, we go out to, to, to be present when our, when our kids are involved in sports or that, that music concert or whatever. You know, uh, I know my dad sat through some horrific band concerts back in the day, right? but he was present to encourage. Showing up sometimes is is an encouragement, right? I'll never forget Dad coming to one of my wrestling matches. He would come to to often to my sporting events, and, and I remember one time, high school wrestling match, I am fighting for my life on my back, right? I'm twisting, I'm fighting for everything I'm worth. And out right here, my dad is on the first row of the bleachers. And what's he doing? He is as contorted as I am, right? (laughs) He's going, get up, Jerry, get up, fight it, right? (laughs) And I I remember that in my mind's eye. (laughs) Sometimes as parents, it's harder on us, isn't it, than the kids out there? And, uh, and, but what an encouragement it was. And that particular match, things turned around, and I was able to pull a move and end up winning that match. But my dad's presence there meant everything. You know, showing up matters. That's why in Hebrews it says, 1025, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When we gather together, when we come together, it matters. Our presence matters. That's why, that's why here at Horizon, part of encouraging people to follow Jesus with their whole heart is, is through our life groups because while it's difficult to connect here on a Sunday morning with other people, and it, and it matters that you're here on Sunday mornings as we, as we encourage one another through the word. It's in those life groups, it's in that smaller setting 
that we can encourage one another. You can be an encourager today as you, as you show up to encourage others. A place to be known and to know others. That's what life groups are about, doing life together. It matters. But also here at Horizon, I want to just give a shout out because every Sunday over 100 people come to serve at Horizon. And how, how incredible, what an encouragement that is, the people who serve here. From the parking lot to the door greeters, the children's check-in, coffee service, our, our teachers, media team that are back there helping every Sunday, worship team. All of these people that come early and stay late, they're here for one reason. That's to encourage. For all of us. When we come, what a, what a great encouragement, isn't it? To have somebody smiling out there waving sometimes somebody opening the door speaking welcome it matters it matters so today would you encourage those who serve as you as you leave today think about that and and let's be an encouragement to them as they encourage us i mentioned pastor stan i i'll never forget still a missionary and uh and i was headed up this way we are home on furlough raising funds and and uh and i just texted pastor stan and say hey I, if you got some time i'd love to meet with you have a cup of coffee and you know as busy as he is he dropped everything he did and texted me right back and said yeah jerry i'll meet you and in 10 minutes he was there and and he spoke words of encouragement into my life at that moment it 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 was a, it was a game-changing moment even for me. One, just not only his words, but the fact that he took the time to be there for a friend. You want to be an encourager? Give your time. Be generous with your time. And don't forget that God was so generous when it tells us in the Scripture that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave. Barnabas was generous with his time, his resources, his life. But let's look elsewhere. He, he was also, he also showed something else here in verses 23 and 24. When he arrived, it says that when Barnabas made that trip, when he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. And he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. I asked myself, what did, what did he see? When Barnabas showed up in Antioch, and, and, and I love how, how Luke, the writer of this story, is, is, is shaping it. When he arrived and saw the evidence of God's grace, he was glad. He was glad. What did he see? In this, in this city, this cosmopolitan city, full of all kinds of 
immorality and, and very cross-cultural. What did he see? He saw change. People of different backgrounds, Jews and Gentiles, together. He saw people turning from a life of selfishness to a life of community. He saw Jesus' name being honored and the joy in people's hearts. And, and yes, I'm sure he didn't see it all perfect. They, weren't, they hadn't arrived because it says that he, he encouraged them to follow Jesus with their whole hearts, right? But he saw enough of God's grace evident of that change happening in people's lives. Because you know what? That's what happens when Jesus comes in by the Holy Spirit. Change begins to happen. And of course, here, right, we don't necessarily see it immediately, but we know by God's grace that it's happening in us and through us. We've not arrived. We're not perfect. But we do know that God is at work in us. And he was glad. He was glad, it says. This is huge in light of the fact that when you consider the city of Antioch. You see, Antioch was the third most important city in the Roman Empire. As vast and expansive as the Roman Empire was at that time, right, the third most important city, Rome, Alexandria, and then Antioch. In fact, it was Antioch, that the Roman seat of power that ruled over all of Palestine, all that region, was controlled from Antioch. It was this cosmopolitan city that, uh, that was literally full of immorality. In fact, one, uh, one writer of the day of that history, a, a satirist from Rome, joked, we have, we have it in, in historical records, he joked that Rome was immoral because Antioch had rubbed off on him. Right? That's how bad this city was. And so Barnabas shows up to encourage this little fledgling church that is trying to live a countercultural life in the midst of all this immorality, they're rising up, and, and, and what does Barnabas say? Keep going. Keep serving Jesus. Don't grow weary, as Paul's words were to the Galatians, don't grow weary in doing good. Keep going. You can do this. Yes, it's hard. Yes, change is not easy. Yes, you will face struggles on the inside and out. But, and real encouragement, folks, does not ignore the realities. We know we live in a day and age today where we need encouragement to keep following Jesus because following Jesus is countercultural. Keep going. But real encouragement doesn't ignore the realities that brings perspective and hope in the midst of those realities. 
These new believers were not perfect saints. They were in process like us all. But they're looking to grow in God. And he spoke encouragement to them. He put courage in them. And if you want to be an encourager today, this is the second point of what it means to be an encourager is be generous with your words. Be generous with your words. Some of us, we hold that back. Oh, I, I, my tendency is to give instruction before I give inspiration. You know, we can flip that on, around. That encouragement with Barnabas was both comfort and confrontation, inspiration and instruction. But finding a balance in those day-to-day is so important. So important for your kids to speak that encouragement. So important for you as a manager at work to speak that encouragement into the people that you're leading. Find, catch them doing something good and speak it out. Being generous with our words. Words of affirmation are so powerful. We can make a difference. Proverbs says it this way, a word spoken at the right time is like golden apples on a silver tray. That must be pretty cool. <laughs> but it, it's just so beautiful and perfect when, when affirmation is spoken at just the right time. Right? Let's encourage one another with our words. And Scripture is, is full of, of words to encourage us, aren't they? Let's look at one of those. It says this, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now isn't that an interesting connection? Right? Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This deceitfulness of sin can be battled by encouragement. What does that look like? When we encourage people daily, and it's important, I think that daily thing matters. We're consistent in our encouragement, in our words. When we encourage people daily, it keeps hearts softened with hope. And a soft heart full of hope avoids the hardness and bitterness of sin. I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Are you here? (laughs) Gwen and I lived in Spain for four years. And uh, and the first year we were in Spain, we we uh, did Christmas without our kids, and it was a lonely, lonely time. I mean, it was it was very discouraging. We felt very isolated. Right, it's part of that presence thing. Right, and uh, and so that that day after Christmas, we called all of our kids and said, "Whatever it takes, next year you're going to be here." with us in Spain. We're not, we're not doing another Christmas alone. So come on. 
And they did that. Next year they came, and, and one, of the, one of the gifts, one of the most cherished gifts I've ever received, ever, apart from my salvation Christ, was this gift that you see on the screen. It was a box filled with 365 cards. And on each card was written by, by one of my children or my, or my, uh, my in-law kids, right? They're my kids. But on 365 cards that spoke of a memory, that they, a time that they remembered with me or a, a word of affirmation. And I got to tell you, and over the course of the next two years, as we, as we worked and labored in Spain, and Spain was a hard time for us, that I would go into my office early, I'd read the word, I'd pull out one or two of those cards. Sometimes I'd double dip and take three or triple dip, right? And I can't tell you how impactful, how encouraging it was to keep going having those words for my kids. Be generous with your words. Whether they're written or spoken, they are powerful, powerful words. And the converse is true because Scripture also tells us don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that that is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And we need to watch what we say so that, so that our words are always, always building up, that encouraging, edifying, right? Taking, moving people forward with our words. That's, that's what Barnabas was. He was an encourager. Keep going and don't give up. And this morning, if you don't hear anything else that, in my message to you today, I want to encourage you, continue walking with Jesus. Don't give up. Whatever you're facing right now, God has an answer. God is with you. He is present through His Holy Spirit in your life Every day, every moment of every day, he is carrying you. Let's look at one more aspect of what we see in Barnabas' life and experience here in Acts. It says this in verses 25 and 26. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught a great number of people. Already says that Barnabas is there, he's been encouraging people, and God's grace was upon him, and there's a revival happening with Barnabas right there. I mean, people are coming to Jesus, with a great number of people, it says, a verse before, and then right in the middle of it, Barnabas says, oh, I'll be back, travels 90 miles to find Saul of Tarsus, and brings him back. Isn't that interesting? The apostle 
Barnab- the apostle sent Barnabas, the encourager, to check on the power of evangelism being released. And in his customary spirit-inspired affirmation, he rejoiced with what the followers of the way were doing there. But he also discerned that they needed help in that secular city where political intrigue, cults, and sensuality abound. Who could do that? Who can make the difference? Who had the intellectual training, Roman citizenship, and spiritual power to establish, help establish a beachhead there? Who but Saul of Tarsus? So he goes, and he gets Saul. Now understand, this is the second time that Barnabas has played a role in Saul of Tarsus' life. Saul, who we later know as Paul, right? The very first time, not long after Saul had, had his encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, and he, he co- ends up coming back to Jerusalem. And every Christian, understandably so, kept Paul at arm's length. <laughs> they avoided him. Because this is the guy that was the persecutor. This is the guy who stood and, and uh, watched people's clothes while they... While they threw rocks at Stephen and killed him. So, understandably, they're they're standoffish, but it's Barnabas. Scripture tells us it was Barnabas that went and got Saul and opened the door of relationship to the other disciples. He brought him into the presence of the apostles. He, He shared his platform, even from the beginning shared his platform with, with Saul, shared his relationships. And that's the, that's the third point that I want to share with you. He was willing to share his influence because he understood that none of it really belonged to him anyway. Our relationships, friendships, contacts, influence, all those things that we have relationally with others are simply gifts that we're supposed to steward anyway. So if you want to be an encourager, be generous with your relationships. That's what Barnabas teaches us. When I choose to become an encourager, the focus shifts from me to others. How can I make them better? How can I help them grow? There is no poverty mentality with Barnabas. Plenty of relationships, plenty of love, plenty of credit to share. Right? Scripture says each of you should not look, should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. And that's what Barnabas did with, with Saul. He cared about the work, and so he shared his influence and, and brought Saul into it. When we leverage, when we open doors for other people to be a blessing, what an incredible blessing that is, right? Who will you bless? How will you help? The simple practice of asking yourself questions, what can I do to encourage people around me? Who do I know that might have what they need? Being that connector, that's part of Barnabas' example of an encourager. I'll never forget... As, as a young missionary family, Gwen and I and our three young kids 
showed up in Mexico City, 25 million people. You know, and when you're one gringo family in, in, a, in a city of 25 million, you can feel pretty lost and alone. But there's a, a veteran missionary family there, a fellow by the name of Ken Dolliger. And Ken and Marcy took an interest in, in us, and he so blessed my life because he, said, he believed in me. He said, come on, Jerry, let's go. And he took me around and introduced me to different missionary pa- uh, Mexican pastors. He introduced me and put me in, in context where I could meet other, other pastors, other ministers, other people, and, and allowed me and gave me space to cast vision for the things that God had put in my heart to do in Mexico City, but could not do alone. He leveraged his platform for me, and I'll never forget it. What a difference it makes. And this morning, as we close, I want to encourage you to be that connector, to leverage your relationships. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your words, and be generous with your relationships. We're talking about our mission, encouraging people to follow Jesus with their whole heart. And I love the theme, Mission Impossible, right? It gets in your head. You know it? Is it already playing in there? Dun, 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 right? I always like that part. Well, I've planted it there, and when it comes to our mission, encouraging people Failure is not an option. So let's encourage one another today. While it's still called today.